Welcome to the Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series. I'm your host, Mark Gleason, a plant pathologist at Iowa State University. I'm also the leader of a USDA-funded research and outreach project that's looking for more efficient and lower cost ways to protect apples against diseases and insect pests. The project includes scientists, students, and growers in Iowa and Ohio. And our guest today is Adam Clark, who is a uh, engineering technician uh, in the uh, USDA uh, spray lab, that's the informal name for it, at um, Worcester, Ohio. And uh, Adam's been uh, a part of the uh, birth of this new technology in air blast or air blast related spraying. And uh, so he can, uh, he can give us, a, I think, a, a really good background on that. So, um, why don't you just uh, tell the uh, listeners a little bit, Adam, about your first of all welcome, and um, yeah, tell tell the uh, tell listeners a little bit about uh, your background and how you got involved with the intelligence prayer. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, as as far as my background, uh, Mark, I uh, I grew up on a on an Angus beef and a grain farm, and I didn't and, know that. Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, my father. Uh, still farms and uh, and I help him on occasion. Um, I graduated from uh, Ohio State with a uh, bachelor's degree in uh, ag engineering and during that time that that I was uh, uh, at Ohio State I was familiar with and and wanted to do something in the uh, in the off time in the summer that uh, had to do with my degree and so I got in contact with uh, some people here at uh, at the ORDC in Worcester, and uh, I worked for for a couple of the uh, the professors scientists here at uh, ORDC for for a summer, and uh, and then also after I graduated, uh, was able to come back and and work for about nine months for for Ohio State. <clears throat> Since then, uh, I w there was some collaboration between the the uh, Ohio State uh, and USDA group here because they they share space in in the Ag Engineering Building, and um, you know some of the work that I did was was uh, recognized by by USDA folks and and they uh, were looking for a technician at the time, so it kind of worked out in my favor and I was able to uh, to join the USDA. Uh, application technology research unit uh, here uh, in Worcester uh, 2004 and I've, I've been here ever since. That's a, that's a good uh, interesting story uh, really reaffirms that internships are a great route uh, into a job and yeah had a, had a good long look at you and uh, obviously liked uh, what you were doing. Um, okay so um, you you've been around uh, uh, you know through the whole period of the birth of the intelligence sprayer, but what, why was there really a need for this? Was it just was it was it was this tech new technology driven by need? Well, uh, yeah, you know um, the sprayers that that are used in specialty crops, uh, which you know would include anything from a from a vineyard to a 
to uh, nursery trees. Um, it could be could be an orchard. Those sprayers that they've been using, and and there are all different shapes and sizes of them, but but the basic uh, premise is that they've got they've got an air uh, air assisted nozzles. In other words, they've got an air fan that helps to uh, penetrate the canopies of these trees. Not only not only the canopies themselves, but the the size and shape. And you know that's it's it's old technology. It's been used for for a long time, and there's there's really nothing to other than other than leaving it up to an operator to turn off nozzles depending on changes in height and and changes in size and shape and and, and uh, there's nothing to address that uh, on the go and and there there are large variations uh, between between fields of different crops uh, between fields of the same crop, I mean, trees that are expected to grow large in their canopies and expected to be there for uh, for a, a significant amount of time, like like orchard trees, uh, there's there's space left in between those trees when they're young that is seemingly too much, but but with the with the the thought in mind that as they grow, you know, those spaces are going to fill in, and so you've got a huge variation there between young trees and older trees. But when it comes to spraying in the conventional way of spraying, they are sprayed exactly the same. Uh, so yes, there, there, there is a need for, for uh, better control of rate based on the actual crop and, and not just the crop, but, but the, the shape, size, age of the crop as well. So you, your lab or your group, your work group there at Worcester saw, saw the, the need for something apparently more targeted, more efficient. So could you describe for people in basic terms how the intelligence sprayer works and what's different about it than the traditional air blast sprayer? Sure, sure. Well, what, what we've done is um, added uh, sensors and, and a computer system and and some uh, logic to go along with that, with with programming, uh, that uh, uh, we are actually seeing the crop. Well, we're using a lidar sensor that's on the mounted to the sprayer to see the crop, and couple that with a speed sensor to uh, check the speed of the sprayer, and also solenoids that are on uh, each of the nozzles. And, and uh, coupled with uh, some circuit boards um, and programming that's been done here also, uh, we can see the crop and spray accordingly. We can, we can turn on or turn off nozzles depending on what's there. And not only just an on-off function, but we can also vary the rate on the fly based on the canopy of, of the crop. Uh, in, in a lot of cases, uh, nurseries or orchards will spray before there are any leaves on the trees. Um, and uh, uh, in that case, obviously you don't need as much spray. You, do, you, don't, have the, you don't have the foliage there to cover. Uh, so we are able to also uh, see 
those kind of things with the with the lidar sensor on the sprayer and and spray accordingly. You're listening to the Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series. I'm your host, Mark Gleason. Our three-year project is searching for more profitable and less wasteful ways to control diseases and pests on apples. Now, back to our interview. Now, you mentioned that um, this sprayer sees, and that's a pretty revolutionary difference from a traditional air blast, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. is it right to say that an air blast doesn't really see? I mean, operators can tweak it based on what they see, but the sprayer itself doesn't make any adjustments based on canopy shape or gaps or anything like that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, uh, obviously the operator could see and a good operator might be able to, might be able to, they would be able to, uh, of course they would have to exit the tractor and stop the sprayer and, and turn on or off manually nozzles on a conventional sprayer as far as uh, not spraying above or below the plant. Um, so yeah, you could do that. But on a conventional sprayer, the operators are not turning on and off the sprayer in between trees. So if there is a large space in between trees, they are not doing that. They start at the beginning of the row, they turn the sprayer on, they're spraying trees and gaps the same. Whereas with the intelligent sprayer, since we are seeing these trees, we are actually turning on and off the sprayer uh, in between uh, trees or large gaps. And, and also, even if there aren't large gaps, sometimes there are large gaps uh, where the trunks are. And so we are actually turning on and off based on, based on that as well. And also in the cases where you have trees that are close together and you're spraying before there's a lot of foliage, um, yes, the intelligent sprayer is, is actually varying the rate based on the density of the canopy as well. Yes. So you could say, I mean, in, in a real sense, this is not only a sprayer that sees, it's a sprayer that thinks because it's responding to what it sees by what it puts out. And I want to get back to a point that you mentioned, Adam, about rate. And I think you said earlier that intelligent sprayer could adjust rate on the fly. When you say rate there, are you talking about the rate at basically the nozzle opening? Because you said there's a solenoid control on the on the nozzle. So what 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 exactly do you mean by rate right the rate is actually the output of of the nozzle of each nozzle and so you are actually varying what is being put out from the sprayer and 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 doing that on an individual nozzle basis so each nozzle has the the capability of changing how much comes out of it uh, on the fly so it's not only pardon me so if I'm correct, it's not only turning nozzles on and off at the right time to target the tree, but also changing the aperture on the fly. Yes, yes, oh. it, yeah. The the actual the actual opening or, or aperture, like that you're you're talking about, does not change, but rather what's happening is we are we are pulsing uh, using uh, uh, pulse width modulation to pulse on and off that nozzle. Uh, and thereby changing the amount that's coming out. I see that that clears it up. So it, mm-hmm. you know, from you look if you look at the amount coming out the nozzle, it's different. But the technology is um, not open, or you know, it's not it's not like a camera aperture that closes and opens. Right. It's, it's uh, 
these pulses that of, that you mentioned. Um, okay, uh, so basically, the if I am, am correct, the intelligence sprayer is doing this all on its own, right? I mean, you're driving down the row, sprayer behind you. Um, there's no. I mean, you talked about adjusting uh, nozzle flow rates on the fly or or pulse rates on the fly, but that's all being done by a computer, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Drive. So, yeah. So it's, you know, this is, I mean, is it correct to say this is no more complicated to, to operate when you're in the orchard than a regular air blast? Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and even in development, I mean, as, as somebody who has grown up around equipment and likes equipment, um, you can't, yeah, this is the same reason that, that that the operators are not in the field turning on and off switches in between trees. You, you just can't be that complicated. There's too much going on. There's too much to watch, and so it has to be, it has to be easy to do. Or people just, uh, there's too much of a learning curve, and 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 you're just not going to get people to do it. And yeah. so, yeah, that that's that for me. That is a an important thing is to make something very easy to use. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. And we think about that in my world of plant pathology. If you have a new idea for timing your fungicide sprays, well, if it's not easy to use, it's not going to be used. It's a very simple principle. So um, I know you, you've had this long background with the intelligence sprayer development. So would you mind uh, just giving a very brief non-engineering kind of uh, story about where this developed. I'm sure it didn't just come into being. You, you didn't all sit down and write the code and and do the welding one night and come up with an intelligence sprayer. You, you got there um, in stages. So could you kind of go through that history very briefly? Sure, sure. I mean, you know, the idea of of a, a sprayer with with sensors has been around even before we started. Uh, you know, around the 1990s. There were sprayers available, and and they they are still available, as far as I know, with uh, ultrasonic sensors. Um, but these these sprayers tended to be more of an on and off feature. Uh, they definitely were not varying rates, and and also when it comes to ultrasonic sensors, the accuracy is is not that great, hmm. and and so still a need there to be more accurate. Um, uh, my supervisor, uh, Dr. Herping Zhu. Uh, here with the USDA uh, ATRU, we started, uh, he and I started with a, a half rate um, uh, study and, and really that was kind of the very beginning uh, for us and, and that is uh, we were trying to get the growers acclimated to the fact that, you know, there, there was an idea that everything had to be sprayed and and they should plants should be dripping you know <laughs> yes, one, I've, heard one that, I've heard that after. i've heard that perception many times yeah 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 and so this half rate was was basically just a a way to change nozzles calibrate a sprayer and be more accurate more accurate with that sprayer and and put on enough uh chemical to be effective and, and really you know that's that's the goal is to put on as little 
spend as little money as possible, but but still be effective at controlling whatever disease or insect that you're after. So if and, I'm correct, if I'm correct, pardon me, you were kind of trying to get the most out of the initially trying to get the most out of the traditional air blast, sort of fine tuning it or tweaking it to to get the most out of it. Right, right. Part of it is fine tuning it. And, and the other part of it is, you know, breaking misconceptions of things have to be dripping in order for it to be effective, yeah. you know, to, to kind of show that, okay, this, this is not the case. And, and, and also to show that if you take the spray and, and you're accurate with it, I mean, obviously, if you take the spray and you dump it on the ground, it's not going to help your tree or your plant. Hmm. Uh, but if you take the same amount of spray and you put it on the tree where you want it, then, then you you get some effective control of whatever disease or insect you're 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 after, um, and so it kind of started with that, and from there, uh, you know, we, we, her ping started from scratch, um, and we we started looking at uh, uh, this lidar sensor uh, when it became available, and that was about oh around uh, 2006. I mean, you know, they call it, it's, it's LIDAR, so it's like radar, except you're using light instead of sound. So you're, you're sending out a light uh, from a laser and it is reflecting off of an object and coming back to a receiver. Uh, just like uh, for a radar, you would be sending out a sound wave um, and then that would bounce off of something and come back to the receiver, thereby, you know, telling you what object is there or how far away it is. I guess it doesn't tell exactly what object is there, but that it, there is an object there. And, and, and also in this case, the distance. Uh, and this is a, a cousin of the technology that's trying to be adapted to driverless vehicles, right? Yeah. Yeah. You will often see uh, robots or, or, and yeah, the driverless vehicle is kind of a robot, I guess you could say. They are using uh, uh, the same, uh, may not be exactly the same sensor that we're using, but a LIDAR of some kind to, uh, as a guidance, as, as the eyes of whatever it is, robot, autonomous vehicle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series. You can find more episodes in the series at our website. The link is www.smartapplespray.plantpath.iastate.edu. That's www.smartapplespray.plantpath.iastate.edu. The host for this series is Mark Gleason. Jose Gonzalez is the editor. The Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series is funded by a grant from USDA's Crop Protection and Pest Management Initiative, for more information about the two-state project, contact either Mark Gleason at mgleason at iastate.edu or Melanie Lewis Ivy, ivy.14 at osu.edu in Ohio. Thank you. Mm -hmm.